this whole thing was just a moment for me of harnessing some serious courage, keeping the fear at bay and just doing the thing I needed to do one step at a time. Welcome to Jump Podcast. I'm your host, Traveling Jackie, and I'm here to explore travel, adventure, and lifestyle in ways meant to motivate you to move and get out and see the world. Let this show be a source of travel advice and inspiration, but remember that in the end, it's you who takes the leap. Hey, everybody. Hope all is well with you wherever you are in the world. I am currently back at home in Montana after an absolutely incredibly epic month in Europe, uh, some of which you've already heard about if you've listened to some recent episodes. Today, I'm going to share a little more in depth about some of my experiences from this past month, because even with my 16 years of international travel, I had a lot of firsts on this trip. And they're all really standing out to me. And they also all have to do with the same thing. And that is adventure travel. Uh, By definition, adventure travel is a type of tourism involving exploration or travel with perceived and possibly actual risk and potentially requiring specialized skills and physical exertion. According to the Adventure Travel Trade Association, of which I am a member, adventure travel may be any tourist activity, including two of the following three components, a physical activity, a cultural exchange or interaction, and engagement with nature. Um, After almost 10 years of doing a lot of what I just refer to as sightseeing and visiting cities and checking off a whole bunch of big names on the travel list with maybe an adventure experience here or there, which I think is probably an accurate picture of normal travel. You know what I mean? Like going to see Rome, Venice, Paris, maybe with a zip line or a hike or something thrown in somewhere. Um, I decided to prioritize my style of travel to something that much more suited my lifestyle. And that is adventure. At home, I'm always outside in the mountains, playing soccer, hiking, skiing, trail running, paddleboarding, camping, fishing, stargazing, playing hockey, whatever it is. I spend a lot of time in nature, engaging in some sort of physical activity. That is what I look like at home. So why wouldn't I want to make my travels look like me too? This was especially important to prioritize when I was nomadic for three and a half years because physical activity is essential in my life. So I was always prepared, no matter where I was, to go running, hiking, pick up a soccer game, whatever, even while I was constantly traveling because that is important to me. I love and focus on adventure travel because it pushes me. It's so much more than sightseeing, which honestly, you see the sights anyway, but adventure travel puts you in action. It engages the senses. It creates an environment at the intersection of physical activity, new landscapes and cultures and peoples. And for those of us who love to move our bodies and earn our gelato and sleep hard at night after a day of life well spent, adventure travel is a brilliant opportunity. Not only do you get to push yourself physically, but adventure travel also encourages us to push ourselves mentally, emotionally, spiritually in many directions. It helps me personally face my fears as well. I have a fear of heights and water. I've talked about that before. Um, And I'm constantly facing those fears because I know that the result of facing my fears is courage. And I can always use more of that good stuff. 
Courage is the sweet nectar of life. If you've ever accomplished something you didn't think you could do out of fear or otherwise, you should know what I'm talking about. Adventure travel gives me opportunities to flex my courage muscles all the time. And while it is exhausting, somehow I cannot get enough of it. Um, This is why my group trips are multi-sport or hiking based because I want you to experience the magic of adventure travel as well. So today I'm going to share with you five, yeah, five adventure firsts that I have experienced this last month in Europe. Um, Seriously, I was so on the go. I never had a moment to stop, but it was so (laughs) epic. And I promise I don't use that word lightly. Um, So a few of these activities I knew I was going to be getting into before I left the States, but two of them were a complete surprise. I'm sure you'll be able to figure out which ones those are. Luckily though, I, like I said, I mean, I pack half regular clothes and half adventure clothes. So I'm always ready for anything. Today's episode is supported by World Packers, which is a platform that connects travelers with hosts in more than 170 countries for work in exchange for room and board opportunities. This is the way to go if you're looking A, to save money while you travel, B, for a slow travel experience, C, to immerse yourself into a culture, D, if you want to get a homestay experience, E, if you want to learn a new skill or sharpen and put to use skills you already have. Honestly, the benefits of this type of travel are endless. I've done it a few times in different countries and in different languages. So I am speaking from my own experience there. Uh, World Packers has been going strong since 2013. Their community has over 1.5 million travelers and hosts. It is $49 a year to become a member so you can access host information so that you can set up these experiences. Or they also have couples or friends plans now for $59 a year. So if you're traveling with a buddy, there you go. Uh, We have a super special discount code just for you. If you want to join, you can save $20 by using promo code jump at checkout, or just go to travelingjackie.com slash worldpackers and the code will already be applied. Uh, Their website has a ton of tips and opportunities for work, volunteer, eco projects, et cetera. So definitely check them out if you want to fuel your wanderlust. And again, you can find that at travelingjackie.com slash worldpackers. All right, let's get to our list of five fun firsts that I got to experience in Europe. And I'll go ahead and share them in order of appearance in which I experienced them. So I started this trip in Sweden for an adventure travel conference. And then I went to Munich for a week, which included a side trip to Austria and the Dolomites in Italy for a few days. Uh, And then a week in Bosnia, followed by a week in Croatia. So we are going to start in Sweden. And Sweden, in case you don't know, is a Scandinavian country. It borders uh, Norway to the west and the Baltic Sea to the east with a small border on the very northeast with Finland. Um, Stockholm is the capital. And then very close by, just across the water to the southeast is Denmark. You can get to Copenhagen in about 20 minutes by bridge and tunnel. And Sweden is hyper-focused on nature and living with and in nature, which I think is why I felt so connected with it and so welcome there. We were in West Sweden in a city called Gothenburg for our conference. And everyone who attended the conference got to participate in a one day adventure of our choosing out of about 30 or so options. And I chose a running adventure. Um, In all of my travels abroad, I have never experienced a running adventure before, like an organized 
with other crazy people who love to run running adventure. And holy goodness, I loved it. I've done a multi-day race before here in Montana. And while it, it was similar to that, this felt different because it wasn't a race. And we stayed in a group the whole time, literally just laughing all the way. It was just so laid back and yet still so exciting at the same time. This running adventure day was organized by a company that you may have heard of. It's called Icebug and they are a Swedish shoe company. They specialize in studded winter trail running shoes. And I actually met the owner last winter at Outdoor Retailer in Denver. And we put together that we would both be attending this conference. And he told me about this opportunity to do a run with them. And so that's how I was on board with this from the beginning. Um, And I also got to test out their studded trail running shoes last winter, by the way. And truly... If you run in winter and are often facing icy streets, try a pair of ice bugs, the studded ones. They are literally built for ice. Um, But anyway, I digress. Um, Icebug also puts on an event every summer called the Icebug Experience West Coast Trail Run in Sweden, which is a three-day race in West Sweden that basically island hops. You get to camp and hang out with a bunch of other people who love to run. And if you can imagine sleepy fishing villages and gorgeous tiny islands full of varying terrain, granite, trails, forest. That's what it looked like. So we basically got to do one of the three days of this bigger event um, just while we were there. It wasn't the real event. It was just kind of a private thing for us, but it was one of the days that we got to experience. Um, And I would have to say that my favorite part was the group. We ran over 10 miles together that day. It was hard. It was more like a parkour course with all the hopping and crossing and careful stepping that we had to do. But to move that fast in a group of people where you could just feel the positive energy absolutely abundantly flowing around you mixed with the salty air and the crashing waves and the sun shining on your skin. Oh my gosh. It was so amazing. It was so fun. And to top it off, we ended with freshly made apple cider from the island and a sauna because Sweden. And It has been my goal for years now, actually, to be able to offer a running adventure, like a group adventure, because I love trail running just so much. And I want to create that experience to do with the group of people just like this, but for multiple days. So hopefully I'll be able to do that one of these days. If you want to see a little more about that running adventure, I actually saved it as a highlight on my Instagram. So you can check it out at Traveling Jackie if you want to. And big shout out to Icebug and the kind people of Ramsvik Island for facilitating this awesome day for us. Okay, moving on to the next. Oh my goodness. This one took place in Austria. So while I was in Sweden at the conference, I met a woman who was representing a place called Area 47 in Austria. And it's an adrenaline theme park in the Austrian Alps. And she invited me to come experience it. So I thought about this for like two seconds because I was actually going to be in Munich the very next week, which is only about two hours drive from where this place is in Austria. So 
I enrolled my friend Anya. You guys know her from last year's Oktoberfest episode. She's my badass Bavarian friend. And together we drove from Munich to Area 47 to see what this place was all about. Um, We actually had a little trouble finding the place. We had crossed a big tall bridge and realized we were supposed to be on some road that actually went down into the canyon below the bridge. So as we doubled back and made our way down, the bridge came back into view overhead. And the first thing I saw terrified me. I actually thought that the bridge that we were just driving on was falling apart because there were big pieces of things dangling down from underneath it. So I'm not a fan of bridges in general. I'm that person on the river. When you float under a bridge, I like hold my breath and pray that it won't collapse onto my head. I just don't like them. I don't like walking on them. I'm afraid of heights. I told you that just not a big fan. So imagine my surprise and actual terror when I realized that those aren't pieces of the bridge hanging down. Those are elements in a ropes course, the very ropes course that Anya and I had signed up to do. And we were almost late for, oh my goodness. I immediately thought I cannot do this. There is zero way I am doing this. I thought I was going to be brave today, but no, this may actually be where I draw the line. Ropes course, 90 feet high, dangling under a bridge, highest ropes course in Austria. Holy beep. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. So we were there. So we suited up anyway and hiked up to the starting platform just to see what would happen. Um, And Anya and I then rock, paper, scissored to see who would go first. Um, luckily because it was off season, we were by ourselves just with our really amazing guide, Lucas. And so Anya was set to go first and then she actually unhooked herself and stepped down and wanted me to go first. And so I stepped up and I cannot tell you how long it took me to take that first step and make my way across the first hanging log. I'm sure it took entirely too long, but I yelled back to Anya not to come after me because I was turning around. I had, I had tested it out. I didn't want to completely lose my shit up there. And for the moment I was still feeling okay. So I wanted to quit while I was ahead. Um, but they convinced me that if I could get through that first part, then it's easy to keep going. (laughs) Our route was headed straight for a massive pillar, like the first pylon for the bridge where if, if, and when you reached it, you would then cross, cross it on what was like a climbing wall across the pylon. And then you make your way back on the other side, uh, to where we started. And so it kind of like makes like a long rectangle circuit. So there was one more chance to divert your path and cross at a midway point where you could actually pull a lever and change the track of your safety cable to cut across a very uninviting dangling log to get to the other side to turn around and go back. So I kept going until I made it to this point. And I changed the track so that I could cross the very uninviting log and try to make my way back that way. I had been holding it together so far, but I just didn't want to reach the point where it was too late. And if you have a phobia, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's totally debilitating. Not to mention just it's terrifying. You cry, it's bad. And I didn't want to get there. We were on the highest ropes course in Austria, 90 feet in the air. 
Oh, and by the way, there was a river under this bridge. Super awesome. Heights, water, bridge. What a combo for me. Um, it was beautiful, by the way. The Austrian Alps are incredible. We could see a little chapel on a mountaintop across the way. It truly was gorgeous. The clouds were being all moody that day. And I was trying to take in the view outward as much as I could without looking downward. Um, anyway, once I switched my track and I was about to head across and go back, um, I was satisfied with at least accomplishing half of this section. But again, somehow they convinced me to keep going. Lucas said, from that point, it's easier to keep going than to go back. And honestly, now that I think back on that, I'm not sure what logic that is, but in my vulnerable state and considering just how uninviting this very scary log was that I was supposed to cross. I actually yanked the cable back out of the track, changed the lever to put the track straight again. And I continued again. I really was just trusting my safety harness. I really did feel very safe for the record. And watching Lucas jump and swing around like a monkey actually did make me feel a lot better. The equipment really was great. So I was just staying out of my head, out of my body. It really was like an out-of-body experience. It felt like I felt super light, like it wasn't really me doing it. I was getting through every element, also just trying not to cry or to lose it. <laughs> um, the wall was the hardest part for me, making my way sideways across the wall. Just thinking about it now gives me butterflies in my stomach. There is a video from this on my Instagram as well. And I definitely make some funny faces in it for sure. Um, shout out to Lucas for that one. It's pretty cool that they take these guides, like take your GoPro if you want, and they'll just film you. They've all been trained in GoPro. So it's pretty neat. But this whole thing was just a moment for me of harnessing some serious courage, keeping the fear at bay and just doing the thing I needed to do one step at a time. I made it first across the wall and then across three dangling trees that were far enough apart to constitute a leap of faith every time I moved from one to the next. The entire experience for me felt like giving myself entirely over to courage and letting it move my body and do 100% of the work. And somehow I completed the entire circuit. Two feet back on solid ground, which I then promptly hugged, flat out laid on the ground and tried to give it a hug. <laughs> that was a huge moment for me. And I'm I'm grateful to opportunities like these that I'm just con consistently presented with by prioritizing adventure travel because I know the benefits that it gives me. I felt like I was on top of the world after that and definitely in need of a beer, but it wasn't beer time yet because we had one more activity on our list for that day, which brings me to my next story. Number three, motocross. Yeah. As in dirt bikes on a dirt bike track. I'd never done this before. I'd only ridden on the back of one once, probably 15 years ago. Um, I mean, I've got, I've only gotten into cycling in this past year with the bike tours that I've been doing. So this was absolutely a big first for me. And I was already a little intimidated going into this because Lucas had been warning us about it. Uh, just that the bikes are big and heavy and sometimes people hit the throttle wrong and go flying into a wall, etc. Yeah. So 
We were a bit apprehensive as we walked in to start our motocross session. Um, But one thing that we promised each other, Anya and I, before we went to Area 47 was that we would only sign up for things that we couldn't do on our own, like that we couldn't just do on a hike in the woods. And motocross and the ropes course definitely fell into this category, which is why we wanted to do it. And we were also running on adrenaline left over from the ropes course, which I suppose could be a good thing or a bad thing, but whatever it was what it was. So again, we suited up full on pads, helmets, gloves, everything. And we got a quick tutorial, by the way, these were e motocross bikes. I didn't even know those existed, but that made them super easy to handle. They had brakes and a throttle and that's it. So there was no shifting, no hot exhaust pipe to watch out for nothing complicated. They were big and heavy though but they were easy to manage if you just gave them enough power. So this track had three tabletops, which you could jump or not, and four big turns. And you could just... And what I mean by tabletops, in case you don't know, that's just kind of a big jump where it's like flattish on the top. Um, That's just a term for a big jump. Uh, So you could just go around and around and around <laughs> this track. Um, one session was an hour. So we basically had the track to ourselves for an hour. And I will tell you what, I did not stop the entire time. It felt like a personal roller coaster that I was in charge of. And I totally did not think that day that I would be getting any air off those jumps, but I definitely did like every single time. I actually couldn't get enough of it. I was having so much fun. And I also have that. Um, I also have a video of that on my Instagram. If you want to see me get some air, I think it takes a certain level of confidence to do something like this. You have to just make the decision to do it and then commit. Like if you're going to go off a jump skiing or biking or skating or whatever, you can't hesitate or you won't have enough speed to complete it successfully. You know what I mean? Hesitating means stopping halfway up the ramp or spilling over the top and ruining it. You have to commit at the beginning and then you have to give it what it needs to be successful. So often that means more speed. Like if you're going to go through a turn too slowly, you might actually fall over. You have to keep your speed up. And so if you can just sign up for the confidence and go out there and do exactly as you are instructed, it will work. And that is what Anya and I did. And we were smiling, I think the whole time. I actually think I got dirt in my teeth because we were just kicking up so much dust and I couldn't stop smiling. So success number three in the books. I seriously cannot wait to try that one again. Um, And by the way, I'll insert my disclaimer here. Don't be reckless, people. Consider your safety in your own situation. I want to encourage you to have courage and confidence and try things that normally scare you, but do it in safe environments and be smart about it. I'd like to think that goes without saying, but I want to say it anyway. Also, buy travel insurance. Hopefully you won't need it. All right, moving on to the next first on the list. Number four, this was my four-day unsupported backpacking trip across Southern Bosnia. And to orient you a little bit, Bosnia, actually it's officially Bosnia and Herzegovina, is in Southeastern Europe. It's part of the Balkans, not to be confused with the Baltics. That's up north on the North Sea. Um, The Balkans are Southeastern Europe. Bosnia borders Croatia to the north and west, Serbia to the east and Montenegro to the south. And it has the tiniest little sliver of land poking out to access the Adriatic Sea. So if you think about it that way, Croatia is just across the Adriatic from Italy and Bosnia is just tucked behind it. So there you go. Now you can find it on a map. 
Um, I just did an episode about how we planned that trip and a little bit about the trail and the experience. Uh, if you listened to the last episode, then you've already heard about this. So this is what I will say about it here. Um, when I say unsupported, I mean, we did it independently without a guide and without a whole lot of help figuring out what to do simply because it's so new and there isn't a lot of information out there about it yet. I am deeply grateful to my friend Jolie, whom you guys heard in the last episode for her master planning skills that essentially created an itinerary for us to follow out of nothing. Um, But this experience was second to none. Five women from the US figuring out our way through the Bosnian backcountry on our own without seeing another hiker in the entire four days we were out there. I want to use that experience to just say, hey, it can be done. If you can dream it, you can do it. You will figure it out. You are resourceful. Prepare yourself as much as possible. Pack correctly. Arm yourself with the right apps that will help you get by. Make sure someone else who is not on your trip has your itinerary and knows where you are. But go. Take yourself on the adventure of a lifetime, whether you are with friends or not. You might completely surprise yourself with the results in many many ways. If you want to hear more about that trip, uh, you can go listen to episode 125, which is the one right before this. And we'll move on to the final first on my list of adventure activities, a bike and boat cruise in Croatia. (laughs) You guys remember when I hadn't done a bike trip before, back before episode 90, when I was afraid riding a bike for days would hurt, that I wouldn't like it, that something would happen to my bike, that blah, blah, blah. I had all these things I was afraid of. And then I went and did it. And then I did it again and again and again. And then I decided I wanted to get you involved. And so I created a group trip around riding bikes. And that trip is next year, 2020. Uh, It is a bike and boat trip in Croatia, much like the one I just did. It is actually nearly sold out already. And I will tell you what, those of you who have already said yes to this trip are signing up for an absolute adventure of a lifetime because last week I did a very similar trip again in collaboration with biketours.com. This time I was there with a video crew filming and creating content uh, during their company's 15th anniversary celebratory bike and boat cruise. And holy goodness, the main difference between this bike tour and my three bike tours across Portugal, Austria, and the Swiss Alps last year was the simple fact that this one was based on a boat. I'm sorry if that's obvious, but I will explain. Last year, Every single day on my bike trips, I packed up my bags, got them ready to be transported to the next hotel. And then I spent the day out cycling to that next hotel. It was fabulous. But you know what's even more fabulous? When your bedroom moves with you. (laughs) I got to sleep in the same bed for seven nights, which was more than any other stint in the last month by far. And yet we still got to experience a different Croatian island every single day with new views and people and wine and food. Everything was always different. Yet the same comfortable, very surprisingly comfortable bed every single night. Also, I didn't know a single person on that boat before I showed up for this trip. And I left feeling like I have a new family with about 35 people in it. That's the people on the tour, and then also the crew of the boat, including the captain and the guides as well. We spent a week together huffing and puffing and working hard to earn those views and the gelatos. 
lots of delicious gelato. Croatia was under Venetian rule for over 400 years. So imagine the impacts left over from Italy. Yeah, that includes gelato. I can't even tell you just how much more excited I am to already be planning on taking a group of you guys to do this with me next year, because it is easily something I feel like I could do every year. I just loved it. And if you haven't been to Croatia yet, put it on your list. I like to describe it as similar to Italy in its sexy allure kind of beauty, but more laid back, less entitled, sorry, Italy, a little bit more wild and raw and also a lot cheaper. I loved that country the first time I went in 2015 and I love it even more now. Um, There's one more thing I wanted to share from that trip. I had a roommate named Jenny who is from Tennessee and she is leading a group trip just like this also next year in July, 2020 for high schoolers and their parents, if they want to come. So if that's you or someone, you know, um, you can check out the Instagram account at travelingteens.us. That's the Instagram account to find out more about her trip. And, um, this was Jenny's first time on a bike trip and first bike and boat as well, obviously. And she shared some pretty great takeaways on our last day of the trip that I'm now going to share with you. So these are Jenny's five takeaways from this bike and boat trip in Croatia. Number five, cycling down a mountain at 27 miles an hour is as exhilarating as riding a roller coaster, but better because you have to put in the work to get to the top. Number four, I I would be perfectly content if my last meal on earth was a cappuccino, a freshly picked mandarin orange and a marmalade croissant, all of which I had today before 11 a.m. Number three, the people you get to know on a bike and boat tour make the trip as special as the excursions themselves. So this evening's toast to a great trip was especially sweet. Number two, people 10 and 20 years my senior can kick my butt on a bike. We have been riding with rock stars. (laughs) And number one, in the words of my roommate and friend, Traveling Jackie, travel matters. It matters because it opens our hearts and our minds to the world. So this is us doing our part to open our minds to the world and me doing my part to try and share that stoke with you. So there you have my five adventure travel firsts from this trip. That's not even counting so many other things that I got to experience. I may or may not have won a trip to Greenland at my conference in Sweden. I went to the Oidavisen at Oktoberfest for the first time, which is the traditional Oktoberfest. I'd never been there before, but such an amazing experience. I went to the Dolomites in Italy for so long. That was on my bucket list. I'll definitely be going back there. I had so many sweet encounters with people. Shout out to Steven who responded to my Instagram and met me at a restaurant in Sarajevo just to say hi. I love meeting you guys on the road. I spent so much time in German in the language that I was really starting to get an ear for it. And that completely reignited my desire to finish learning the language. Now I want to learn Croatian too. When you open yourself up to travel the world moves in, in ways that speak to you individually. And there's so much to be gained from that. And I know that that's why they say that travel is the only thing you can buy that makes you richer. That's also why I needed to sleep for a week when I got home. (laughs) But I will say, even with minimal amounts of sleep, I was able to stay healthy for my entire trip and I'm still healthy. I'm back at home, resting up and also gearing up for my next group trip to Patagonia. We leave in two weeks. So I will wrap up for today. 
But thank you so much for being here and for listening to my voice for such a long time. I am grateful. Come say hi on Instagram. Let me know how you liked this episode and if you want to hear more like it. And I am going to be creating some content around some of the trips, some of the activities that I did in the last month. So eventually you'll be able to find all of that on the show notes page at travelingjackie.com slash podcast. Safe travels, everybody. I'll see you guys soon. Mm -hmm.